0: We'll start this meeting, right? <laughs> if that's a little too hard for me, just start with the Christian side hug. You know, we look like that in Bible school Christian side hug. <laughs> what is that? A closed fist. You have to see your hands at all times. Just kidding. Yes. So, hi. I'm Ben Jimenez Dunn and um, I'm in Africa, that's pretty cool. Um, You can feel free to express yourself. So, whether that's, you know, cartwheels, backflips, jumping jacks, swinging off the rafters, whatever it is, just feel free, right? Just enjoy yourself, enjoy the presence of the Lord. Yeah? Okay, we'll just give you like 30 seconds, just, we're gonna do a test enjoyment, all right? Go. Okay, we're at five. <laughs> Try it again. Like, really, just like let it out. You know, every, you know, you I don't know, you just wanna like scream sometimes and yell and shout and laugh or cry or whatever you wanna do. Just let it all out. Here we go. Let it go ahead. Don't you feel better? Awesome. I'm so stoked to be with you guys. I love you. This place is awesome. What a cool church. Cool community. It's full of crazy hipsters. It's awesome. I love it. It's my style. Like, the decorations, awesome. It's cool. And the songs, how many people enjoyed the worship? It was so amazing. It was so good. So good. So, yeehaw, here we are. Don't make it awkward for me, you have to be as loud as I am, okay? So, if I say something you just go, shup, bro, shup. Or something like that. How do you go, shup, shup, shup,
1: shup, it, bro. I'm getting
0: irritated, so. Gonna go. Okay. One more time, why don't you just find your neighbor, right? Put your hand on their head. Just make sure they're happy. Because the last thing that we want in this meeting is an unhappy Christian. So make sure they're good and happy, smiling. <laughs> just hand it back. them in the glory. Cape Town. (laughs) How many people are not from Cape Town? Where are you from? Durban. I love Durban. I've been there before. Yeah. Have you seen me there before? No? No. Doesn't matter. Joburg. Who's from Joburg? Yay. All right. Thanks for coming. Are you the only ones? One couple? From Joburg? Anyway, lift your hands if you're from Joburg. that wasn't awkward at (laughs) all awesome so I guess this is a happy gospel school so we have to be happy right so um, I just want to just chat a little bit and um, I just woke up like an hour ago so I had a great nap it was awesome these guys have been taking care of me and um, so I'm just drinking tea to get my processes working you know Um, yeah here we are Um, so, I, I, I don't know if you know this or not, but um, I wrote this weird book, right? This really, really off-the-wall book called The Happy Gospel. Has anyone ever heard of that before? Has anyone, if you've read The Happy Gospel? Sweet! Good! So this is going to be like, we'll, we'll be on track together. So, <clears throat> but basically... My wife, I'll just tell you a little bit about my, myself. My wife and I travel about 300 days a year and we're crazy. And um, we tour a lot and we're making records and, and making noise and <laughs> making messes and um, making fun. So um, that's what we do. And we're actually right now on, on in the middle of a, a long thing. We're going from here to London. And then from London to Amsterdam and Germany and France, Switzerland, Norway, and Finland. So I'm excited about that. It's going to be good. Yeah. Shut sure. <laughs> <So I'm> really good. <laughs> I'm stoked about that. <laughs> and I'm ant. I'm ant. You guys don't know what stoked is. Stoked is California language for excitement. Oh, you do? Because you have surfers here, right? Yeah, yeah. So, what's up, guys? Oh, hey. Cheers! Hey. Hey. hey, welcome to the globe. Cool. So, um, we travel a lot. We do this. We uh, uh, basically, in the last year and a half of our lives, we've decided to just tour musically and do small schools like this. Um, Because for me, I I really need time to explain and to express and to build foundation and to just chat for hours and hours and hours about this glorious gospel. Because when I start talking, I can't shut up. That's my problem. And so, usually when I go to a church, like an hour, hour and a half tops, you know. Brother, it's uh, time to go, you know. And uh, so, so then I have to stop, you know. And then it's like I leave the whole place in a mess, you know, just ripping foundations and slaughtering holy cows and all kinds of good stuff. And then I don't get invited back, and so then you know I never get a chance to to fully express. So that's what the idea of a school is all about: is to just dive deep into the glorious gospel. Anybody excited about that? So like I said, feel free to express. This gospel makes its full manifestation, its full expression in you. And so when you when you express, when you laugh, when you just let it out of your face, you know, God, God is not looking for any more frowny face Christians. So he's 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 got plenty of those. Oh no, He's got plenty. He doesn't need any more. <laughs> Shut up, man. So, aren't you glad I wrote the happy gospel and not the depressing gospel? Amen. How many people have heard the depressing gospel? Yeah. How many people are excited that I'm not going to preach the, ha- the, the, the depressing gospel? Okay. Good, 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 good. good. Woohoo! I'm just feeling it out. One, one more time, why don't you put your hand on your neighbor? I feel like we got to just get loosened up a little bit more. You can even drop a your nose. No, I don't want to do that. No, I not want to do that. These guys are so happy. Is this Richard's? Is this, these you guys?
1: No. Yeah, yes,
0: If anybody needs any help getting happy, you can just join the pile over here. Yes. It's funny because do a lot of meetings and this always seems to happen. Which is great. It's funny how we think in church, you know. It's joy. <laughs> We're so happy. We're well, like, it Must be the devil. It's because the devil wants to make everybody happy. That's his plan. For world domination is to make everybody so happy. What are they doing? Why are they serious? It's okay to cry in church pray, but... <laughs> Yee-hoo! <laughs> Shut <laughs> So CSO said that the joy of the Lord is the most serious business of heaven. You we think, oh, it's so frivolous, it's just. Laughter, just joy. This whole existence, your whole existence, your whole life, the whole gospel, is about one thing. And that's about enjoying our union with Jesus. That our joy would be full. Full joy, full joy. Full joy it doesn't look like this.
1: I've got a joy, brother. I've got a lot of joy. You
0: look like you just ate a bowl of lemons but joy has a face joy has an expression and sometimes it's a bit wild and um mehaw <laughs> let it happen it reminds me I think that that joy is sort of this uh the, the little extra you know the most serious business is winning souls making disciples just win our city for Jesus you know The whole point is to to enjoy Jesus. And by enjoying Jesus, you are winning your city. You understand that? Hello. Uh, Most people, I'll I'll just give you the honest truth, right? Most people aren't afraid of God. They're afraid of the religious one. They're afraid of the one that we've expressed. That's the one that they don't want to be around. Neither do I but God is a happy God. First Timothy chapter one, verse 11, the gospel, we preach a glorious gospel, it's sound doctrine. Brother, where's the sound doctrine? It's in first Timothy chapter one, verse 11. We preach according to sound sound doctrine and that's the glad message. Everybody say glad message. Glad message. The glad message of the glory of the happy God. That's, you can write it down in your brain or whatever you're gonna do, yeah. First, let me say, first Timothy. one, What? Five. Verse 11. Verse sound doctrine. Seven. So I'm, I'm giving you sound doctrine here. <laughs> it's the glory, preaching the, the glad message of the glory of the happy God. And we can stay there, and we can enjoy that for months. Because Christianity is not known, first of all, to be a glad message. <laughs> Second of all, our God has not been known to be a happy God. Most of our ideas of who God is... It's this big bearded guy up in heaven shooting everybody in the butt with lightning bolts. And that's our idea of, of this father that we serve. And if, as long as we stay on the right track, right, as long as we just are moral and we just do it, we push and we pull and we, we try really hard, <laughs> that he'll, he'll love us and he'll accept us and he'll join us. That's the anti-gospel. Everybody say anti-gospel. Anti-gospel. <laughs> it's the anti, is the complete opposite. Of what Jesus Christ came to do Jesus came to make us one to make us whole to complete us to perfect us <laughs> yeah yeah depart from our efforts apart from our performance apart from our striving and pushing and pulling <laughs> apart from our sweat <laughs> you know if you're honoring and we're valuing our sweat we're devaluing Jesus sweat and his blood you can't be. There can't be two, two, two people who are working at this thing. It's either him, who is your complete savior, and you're utterly a, a helpless to help yourself, or you're doing it yourself. Hello. Which is religion? you to say religion. 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 Your, your opera voice.
1: Religion. Okay. Beautiful.
0: <laughs> the gospel is about Yeshua's performance. About salvation himself manifesting as humanity. <laughs> when he became one man, he became all men. And when he was buried, when he was crucified, we were crucified. All men, all of humanity, the sinfulness of the human race was made extinct on the tree of Calvary. Buried in the grave. (laughs) And when he resurrected, the Bible says, an anachinosis means a new spirit, a new kind, a new world. When he was resurrected, an anachinosis of life, we too were resurrected with him. All of humanity has been, whether they realize it or not, resurrected into this newness of life. And we get to enjoy it. Not only enjoy it, but to give it away to other people. To show it up in them. Yeah.
1: Awesome. Woo. Yeah.
0: Shoot, bro. No, shock, group. There it is. I had a
1: Shoot,
0: bro. The gospel, yeah, is about Jesus' performance, not our performance, not about us doing it and pushing. Somehow we lost the track of of what God values. You know, we think in in this Christian life that God values trying. (laughs) You know, at least I'm trying. That's how we justify ourselves. You know, we're trying to free ourselves from sin. At least we're trying. At least we're praying hard at it, you know. At least we're working hard at it. But I don't see that value system in the scriptures. The value system I see in the scriptures is God honors you giving up and trusting him. Hello. In fact, I find that that's the truest definition of faith is the I give up. You mean, brother. It's not push and pull. What are you doing That I'm building my faith. We we made faith into a work when faith is actually trusting, not in our work, but in his work. Hello. I say, hello. Hello. <laughs> Faith is the exhaling. I give up. I can't do this. I can't trust in myself. I realize, I come to this conclusion that I cannot perform. And I know that you, I see what you have done. By the grace of God, you've sent your son. You've sent, <laughs> Jesus became one with the human race. Died. You know, Manifested in, in, in the flesh. God in the flesh. God as one of us. Isn't that amazing? Emmanuel, God with us. God as one of us. Woo! It excites me. Well brother, don't get too excited about the, the salvations. We got some serious business to do. <laughs> what is the serious business of heaven again? Okay, sure. We're made for it. <laughs> it's, that's our design. Yes. Yeah. Now, if you can go to any culture in any continent on this planet, and there's one universal language, and that's ha ha he he ho ho <laughs> if you speak ha-ha, then you can, you can reach any culture in this world. Now, it may sound funny. But that is the gospel. That's why the gospel is good news. It's joyous news. It's an extremely glad message. Because it's not an offer. It's a declaration. Hello. The gospel is news. You don't look on the TV set and see something that's about to happen. When the news is reported to you, they're reporting to, some, to you something that's already taken place. Hello. Does that make sense? Good news is the report that Jesus has done what we could not do. Jesus pushed, Jesus sweat, his blood is worthy to take away all of our sin. His his, you know, when John saw Jesus, he said, Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the cosmos. Oh, wow. yeah! Cosmos, the whole world's sin, just ripped away, laid on the Son of God and crucified, destroyed once and for all. So this is what glorious humanity looks like. This is what new creation reality looks like. It looks like this. You understand? It has an expression. It has a face. It it, it looks like extreme pleasure. It's like you can't handle it. (laughs) It's a little bit too much. And if the gospel hasn't done that to you yet, maybe we haven't seen the fullness of it. You haven't seen the sweetness of it. Yes. Oh, hey. wow. Aye. <laughs> oh, come on, show me your extreme pleasure face. Wow. Yes, you sure. Whoa. <laughs> it's our design. It just, it's natural for us. It's naturally supernatural. <laughs> We were made for enjoyment. We were made for pleasure. We're placing the garden, garden of Eden, the garden of oh. pleasure, attending the garden. I mean, you know, when God created the human race, it was a good idea. <laughs> you know, <laughs> we're thinking that God just totally messed up. Like God, you created this whole world. It's crazy. What's going on? He actually thought it was a good idea. <laughs> I think we should agree with his first declaration when he created man. He said, this is very... Somebody just the about <laughs> This is very good. Not just good. Not, not okay. Not, they'll make it someday. No, this is good. And the fall of man doesn't change that original declaration that this is good. Humanity was God's idea. Hello. It, you know, we, can, we have to get rid of this escapist mentality where just by my time, Till I get to the glory. Till I, til I go on the glory. <laughs> <laughs> you know you've heard you've heard those ideas where it's just, you know, waiting for heaven. You know, I'm just gonna suffer until waiting till I die to go to heaven. Isn't that crazy? Just making death our savior <laughs> instead of Yeshua. Yeah. Hello. Hello <laughs> Heaven is not a geographical location it's a person and his name is Yeshua his name is Jesus if you have Jesus you have heaven Jesus himself is the bliss of heaven he is the pleasure of heaven he is the, all the goodness you know the Bible says that the heavens we are seated in the heavenlies say I'm seated in the heavenlies you <laughs> I mean right here in Woodstock right now right, <laughs> right here we are in heaven, we are seated in heavenly places. In fact, the word places is not in the original, it's not in the Greek, it's added, you know, for the translators because they thought that it could help us understand a little bit more, but I think it actually takes away from the, the truest sens- sense, because we are in not just a place that looks like heaven, it's kind of like heaven, it's coming down, it's, it's oozing out, you know, we're bringing in, what's going on? Oh no, it says we are seated in it right now. We are seated in heaven, and where is heaven? In Christ. Oh no! We're seated in heaven! In where? In Christ! Yes. Is anyone in Christ? So you are seated in heaven, you are seated in the heavenlies. I mean, all the scriptural images, yes, they have authority. But at the end of the day, they're images. They're images of something that's incom- It's 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 beyond our imagination. It's beyond our thinking. And God is communicating a part of Himself to us, and He's using you know earthly examples. Like obviously, heaven is not full of golden streets and gemstones. It's like a crystal sea. You understand? These are images that are being you know given to John in, in Revelation. Are you with me? But we have that same essence, we have the essence of heaven, the person of heaven, the bliss of heaven, the foretaste of future bliss, as the Moffat translation writes. These guys are getting a big drink of the foretaste. In Hebrews it says that when Jesus Christ was manifested, he he came as the high priest. Of the bliss that was to be, right? That's the Mongol translation. Everybody say, High Priest of of the bliss bliss, that was to be. That That means when Christ came, completion came. When Christ came, perfection came. When Christ came, sin ended, it was destroyed. The power of sin, the power of death, the power of sickness, disease. Hello?
1: Well, brother, it's so hard to believe uh,
0: experiencing so much depression. Depression. It's like depression. So you have to try this, right? Shut off the questions for a moment. Just shut them off. And trust like a kid. Trust like a child. <laughs> don't trust in We don't need on our own understanding. We lean our whole human personality upon Jesus. That's what the Amplified Bible says. That's what trust is. The leaning of the whole entire human personality on Jesus. It's so sweet. It's so easy. It's so simple. The gospel is amazingly simple. If it's offensive in any way, or if it's radical, it's radically simple. It's radically good. Yes. you got to realize this. If, if we ever feel semi-offended or like rocked or shaken or some kind of foundation is, is crumbling, it's because, first of all, it can be crumbled. <laughs> it can be shaken. Hello. Amen. And second of all, we're being shaken by the goodness of God. Hello. It's the goodness. Yes. The goodness of God. Yes. <laughs> so we're created for this amazing life of bliss, life of ecstasy, life of pleasure, life of joy. And the enemy of that is the do it yourself doctrines. <laughs> the pushing, pulling, making you so invested in yourself thinking what's wrong with me i have to fix me and all the while you're complete you're full you made one you have the fullness of the god that living dwelling in you you're part of him he's part of you he made himself part of you when he became part of the human race he made himself he forever united himself with humanity he must think it's worth something <laughs> hello. <laughs> She's enjoying it. You <laughs> made yourself one with the human race. Wow. And the religious, the religious, you know, thoughts and ideas and doctrines constantly put on this idea that we're separate, that, we're, that God is far away. And then, then comes the begging. Then comes the pleading. God, please come, please come. He's like, God, come. Please come. What's up, Desmond? I'm right here, right
1: here. Just turn around. Just turn around. I'm right here.
0: Hello. Imagine you walk down the grocery aisle with your son, saying, At least in America, you like. Hello. But the true sign of a good father is satisfaction is when the sons and daughters say, I'm filled, I'm satisfied, I'm whole, I'm alive, I'm full of your presence, I'm full of you. You are with me, you're not part of, uh, apart from me, you are not separate from me, we are united. And I'm satisfied. The says well, brother. I, I got my little... Afrikaans or whatever. Is that how I do it? No. I'm just doing it anyway, okay? What about this? That sounds more like a gay Dutchman or something. I don't know. Okay. Reel it in then, Reel reel it in, reel it in. Reel it in. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst. Mm. Hunger and thirst. But we forget the last verse. For they shall be completely satisfied. See, it doesn't end in hunger and thirst. Jesus said, If you're thirsty, then come to me and drink, and what? What's going to happen after you drink is you won't be thirsty. You'll be satisfied. In fact, you'll be so satisfied that we'll, there'll be too much. There'll be more than enough. And you, you'll you stop focusing on yourself. What's wrong with me? I'm, I'm so lacking. I'm, I'm naked. I'm lacking. I'm, I, I'm fearful. And you realize that you have a river of living God inside of you. And just burst into your city in the woods. Hello. I can jump or whatever. That's what happens. That's the kingdom of heaven. One drink satisfies you. One drink, one taste is more than you can handle. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Blessed are those who hunger and thirst, for they shall be filled. King James says "filled." The word is, the word is "tortazo." Everybody say <laughs> "tortazo." It sounds like chorizo. It's like a Mexican sausage. I live in a Mexican neighborhood. California, and my neighbor brings me over these Mexican sausages, and they're just fat. Basically, it's all fat with like chilies. <laughs> and so, I always think about that because it sounds like chorizo, chorizo, you know, it's the same word, but in Greek, it means literally to be fattened with righteousness. <laughs> Blessed are those who hunger and thirst. For righteousness, and they will be completely fattened, filled. Just grab your little extra right here, right? It's good to have a little extra. We call it the winter layer. Completely filled. See, so this whole idea of, of lacking and nakedness and not worthy, and, and then, see, religion doesn't leave you there, it doesn't leave you. Feeling naked and and unworthy and lacking, it'll also give you a purpose. It'll also give you something to pursue, to gain. This. Are you with me? <laughs> oh, you want to be filled? You want to you want you want lack? Great! I got a perfect program for you. That's what religion will say. And to me, it's the same temptation. Um, there's only two places that I've seen this in Genesis and in the Apostle Paul, but he explains this whole thing back. Um, if we go to Genesis chapter 1, verse 26, the Bible's first, first thing, creates human beings, is that he's thinking up this idea of the human race, and thinks, wow, it would be so cool to create people. And people are going to be awesome because they can carry me, they'll be like me. I'm going to create, the, the Trinity is talking, let us create humans in our image, in our likeness. <laughs> it's literally the same word as icons, kind of like, let's make little us's. <laughs> And then the Hebrew word, Tzalem, T-S-L-E-M, it means image. It means, image is shadow. Shadow, it's like, it's like, okay, look at my shadow. It's fully like me, connected to me, but it's relying upon me to cast its reality. Does that make sense? So God says, I'm going to make humans, but they're going to be totally dependent upon me, like me in every way, with unlimited potential for righteousness, for intelligence, for creativity. They can do anything. They're going to go to the moon. I'm going to be crazy. Intense, you're gonna write songs, you are gonna do cool stuff. (laughs) So he creates them like his shadow, fully dependent upon the Lord, fully dependent upon him to cast its reality. That's what the Bible says. Let us create man in our Zalem, in our shadow, just like us. He does that. And he creates this, this. Amazing thing and it's so funny what our idea of the garden is. It's like we're floating around with angel wings. shooting gold dust out of our palms, <laughs> sprinkling rainbows and a seven daughters. We have these weird ideas of what Eden was. Eden is basically this. Adam created in the image of God like having a tomato garden. That's it. <laughs> it's so simple, so chill. Just having a little tomato garden.
1: Brother, we are created to worship. To tell the nations about Jesus.
0: No, you were created to just have tomato gardens. (laughs) And chill and relax and enjoy existence. Hello! Just enjoy. It's so hard for us as humans. No, I must have a bigger purpose. My, my destiny. The Westminster Catechism asks a specific question. Has anyone ever heard of that? It's like, it's like where we get our doctrines from. The Westminster Catechism asks, what is the chief and highest end of man? Basically, what are we here for? And it answers, to glorify God and enjoy Him forever. <laughs> That's it. That is the destiny of the human race. To glorify God and enjoy Him forever. And John Piper changes it a little bit. He says, we're glorifying God by enjoying Him forever. You know, what gives God the most glory? He's not pushing, not striving, not pressing, not praying, not fasting, not beating yourself up. But actually saying, I'm satisfied. I'm enjoying you. I'm actually living this Christian life. I'm part of you. Yay! And it gives Him glory. Don't you want to give Him glory? That's the desire of every Christian, every believer. is just we want to give Him glory. Don't we want to give Him glory? This is how we give Him glory: by believing what He did, by actually trusting in the work that He accomplished for us 2,000 years ago on the tree of Calvary. So He creates us in His image, creates us in His likeness. You think about Adam; He starts naming all the animals according to their scientific kind. He's a genius, unlimited potential, (laughs) a little. A little, little happy little errands, tomato gardens, but like crazy genius. And then what happens, right? You, you see the, the temptation comes in. I, I find it's the one and only temptation that there is. There's only one temptation, and that's to distrust in what Jesus has done, to distrust in what God has done for us. So we created in his image. Say, I'm created in his image, I'm created in his likeness. Yeah. Created to be a part of him. Created to, to be connected to him. That's that's where you find your your existence is in him. You find yourself in him. Yeah. And here's the temptation. He gives them one directive, real simple, real chill out directive. Okay, they're like kids. Maybe in the future he was gonna let them understand you know the difference between good and evil. He was gonna grow them. But what we see in the scriptures is that he tells them to eat of any tree in the garden, including the tree of life. It's not excluded. They could even have the tree of life. He says, go ahead and eat anything, but don't eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And I think it's just because he wanted he himself wanted to be their knowledge of good and evil. He wanted to, to, to train them, to you know, to teach them. And so he tells them, don't eat this tree. And what's the temptation, the serpent comes? And he says, if you eat of this tree, then what? Then you'll be like. And you think about that temptation, right? Hold on, let's just rewind a little bit. God created the human race in His image, in His likeness, right? So they were already in His image, is that correct? But the temptation was to, first of all, trust, that, to think that you're lacking something, to think that you're not in his, already in His image, and the second of all, to pursue something other than God Himself to gain that. And it shows us that even good things, when trusted in, to produce godliness or god-likeness can be idols. Yeah. Even good things. Things like prayer, worship, you know, all these things. They're expressions. I don't worship to get in the glory. Hello. We worship because the glory is getting out of us. It's, it's coming out of us. We're in the presence of the Lord. We're eternally connected with the person. <laughs> I don't pray because I just want to say a whole bunch of words and I go down my list of people that I have to pray for and all these things and pressing a push i pray because i'm communicating with a person yes. the power of prayer is not saying things it's actually realizing that you're in the presence of a person and his name is yeshua yeah. Yeah. yes the power of prayer is not prayer i'm sorry <laughs> very trouble the power of prayer is the person that you're talking <laughs> Come on. Yeah. but you see how we make everything so formulaic. We must. You know, I mean I've to so many countries, and I'm telling you, in the third world, like India and just all these crazy places, it's extremely worse. It's intensified. It's multiplied by a hundred. You know, the religion. So the kids are made to kneel down on their knees. They have to put their hands like this. Unless they're doing that, they're not praying. Isn't that crazy? makes me freak out, <laughs> I hate that, I like, I make the kids get up and dance and like jiggle or something and do something crazy just so they realize that, that God just wants to hang out with them, Amen. he doesn't care about the form and the, you know, what it looks like, You. Yeah. Yeah. we worship, <laughs> we worship him because we can't contain it, we have to just let it out, we have to let out an expression. Worship is not begging for Him to come. Worship is an expression that He has come. It's an expression. <laughs> Are you with me? And then prayer is the same way. It's expressing something. It's expressing a relationship. It's expressing fellowship. He's the one that said He knows what we need even before we ask it. He told us not to pray like the hypocrites, repeating ourselves over and over and getting a little bit louder, thinking that He's going to hear us if we loud. it. <laughs>
1: Shape like this, or got, you know you got to have like this little
0: form. Think about when Jesus said, I oh, want the disciples asked him, remember this, right? Where we get the, our Father, the, our Father, the Lord,
1: the Father, be like me, the kingdom come. We get this formulaic prayer. The
0: disciples didn't ask him what to pray. They said, teach us how. How should we do that? How are we supposed to communicate and what Jesus did He wasn't asking them to write down every little word, memorize it, and just repeat it over and over and over and over. He's saying, watch how I eliminate the formalities between me and my father. Abba, dad, here I am. Hook me up with some bread. Like, it's really that simple. But what we have done, right? Here we go. We make this formulaic prayer and we write it on little cards and put it in our wallet and sit. I mean we want a good business deal or something, I don't know. He didn't he didn't, they didn't ask him what should we pray? He said that they asked him how are we supposed to pray? And he's like, watch this. Ah Dad, oh I know you're here. Isn't it crazy that Jesus' prayers included bread? Thank God. And somehow we get these ideas that if we practice asceticism, if we deny our body something that he created us, a need that he created us then we're going to get a little bit more spiritual, a little bit more deeper. A little bit, we're going to press in a little bit more. But the reality is he created you with need so he could satisfy it. And once he satisfies it, you come out of thankfulness and say, ah, thank you thank you for satisfying my need I know you we trust in you everything we have just like the song it comes from you you are a provider yeah. you see religion wants to rob us of that thankful spirit that thankful childlike spirit he's our provider he's our provider ah just say it you're my provider Yeshua oh man I'm all over the place I know. Preach it. Is it okay? I'm a provider. Oh man. It's amazing when I just want to like throw it all out there. There's there's a great story about Abraham. I guess we're talking about sacrifices and do-it-yourself doctrines. And the the best, um, one of the most Perverted stories we have is the story of Abraham and his offering of Isaac, <laughs> and we think this is great story of the sacrifice, the self-sacrifice of Abraham. And in fact, it's the story of salvation for us. It's actually an expression. It's a parable. You, you think about when the the Scripture says that um, Abraham was asked by the Lord to give his son as an offering, and he goes and historically, the son of Isaac would be about 33 years old, so we're starting on this cool image. (laughs) He's about 33 years old. He tells his servant, we are going to worship the Lord, and we will be back. Have you read that in Scripture? We. Who? His son and Abraham, they're both coming back. (laughs) Why? Because Abraham knows that God, number one, is a good God. God promised Isaac. He promised ha-ha, little ha-ha. <laughs> Isaac is ha-ha. Did you know that? Yeah, of course you knew that. Isaac means ha-ha. Show me your ha-ha face. <laughs> <laughs> I forget one. So he says, we will be back. And then they're walking up the mountain to worship the Lord. The Bible says that The Lord said, go to the mountains of Moriah. (laughs) And you just let the Lord paint this image for you. Imagine Isaac 33 years old, he's carrying the wood of the sacrifice on his back. Imagine like the picture that God is painting for Abraham, (laughs) for the friend of God. And he goes up and Abraham hanging out with Isaac. And Isaac says, Hey, we've done this many times before, Dad. We've gone to the mountains to worship. But where is the lamb for the sacrifice? And do you remember what, his, what says, is he said? He says, my son, God will provide for himself the lamb for the sacrifice. So we start seeing the story making sense. <laughs> and he goes up to the mountain gets ready to kill Isaac. And the Bible says, the angel of the Lord showed up. And usually when the angel of the Lord shows up, it's Yeshua, it's Jesus. He shows up. And the Bible says that Abraham looked up. He looked up. Everybody say up. He looked up. He didn't look down the ground. He looked up. And he saw a ram caught in the thicket. Basically, he sees Jesus. He sees the Lamb of God. He sees the Lamb of God who is to take away the sin of the whole world. And he calls that the place where the Lord provided. That's where we get Jehovah Jireh. Right? The, the place where the Lord provides, it's, it's literally called the mountain where God will provide. And I know there's some controversy about the mountain mount Moriah, but the, the actual highest mountain, which is where they would worship, the highest mountain in the mountains of Moriah is not where we have the temple mount at this moment. It's actually Mount Calvary. So it's the very specific place where Jesus Christ was crucified. And he says, you know, it was, it was sort of told that in on this mountain the Lord will be seen in a sacrificial way and that's where we get Jehovah Jireh my provider talking about provision what he's providing for you is a sacrifice <laughs> he's taking away your sacrifice he's not it's like, see how perverted the story gets we think it's about Abraham and his sacrifice and then how many people have heard, heard well you gotta lay it on the altar brother how many people have heard that before how many people have said that of course we all have
1: Got to lay, lay your son in ministry, your daughter on the altar, lay your wife on the you know.
0: all these crazy things. But we see in the message Bible that says the story of Abraham and Isaac is not an Abraham story; it's a God story. And then in Hebrews it says Abraham received his son back from the dead as in a parable is the Greek word as in a parable. What God did was He showed Abraham his best friend. Remember when Jesus said Abraham saw my day and. Rejoice, leap for joy. The word is ecstasy, leap for ecstasy. <laughs> Ow! Well, it's so weird, brother. joy church is so weird. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I know. Sometimes I feel like such a foreigner, speaking in such a foreign language. But this is the gospel! It's about God's sacrifice. It's about the lamb that God was to provide. Hello. So God, is Abraham received his son back with it as in a parable. So God is showing Abraham this amazing parable of the story of salvation. <laughs> and then we read Galatians. It goes on. But we are like Isaac. Ah, we are like Isaac. Jesus, the Lamb which God provides. So religion will always just point at you. What are you doing? What's, you know, what's wrong with you? Why aren't you doing more? Put in your sacrifice. If you're not, oh, you really want a blessing? You're not trying hard enough. You need to push. You need to, you know, to get your breakthrough. You need to fast. You need to do something. It's always up to us. But what happened to Jesus? Like, didn't Jesus, isn't Jesus our breakthrough? Isn't Jesus enough for us? Isn't Jesus' blood enough to cleanse us from all unrighteousness? Is it? Yeah! It better be. Or we should all go home pack it up. Give up? The reality is, is Jesus is more than enough. The Lamb of God, the Lamb that God provided, was the one and only sacrifice that God desired. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> Religion demands your work, your striving, pushing, sweating. It's moral, Christian. It's a narrow way. I know, the narrow way is this. That's the narrow way. It's joy. It's following the joy of the world. Trusting in the joy of the world, Trusting with the of pleasure. <laughs> well, there's so many hardships in this life. Paul says, count it all good. <laughs> he says, rejoice in the Lord half of the day, right? Rejoice in the Lord always. And then just in case you forget, again I say, because I just said it, I know how humans think. No, we're going to get serious again. Rejoice in the Lord, yeah, serious. Like that's what we think. We're so quick to get back into uniform and march like militant. Whatever, idiots. <laughs> the reality is, God wants kids, children, to enjoy Him, to live life to the fullest, to give it away. Yeah. Oh! Yeah. That's what a transformation. That's what's going to transform a city. That's what's going to transform a world. Your family, yourself, is trusting that His joy is complete in you. That you are complete in Him. That you're one with Him. That the sacrifice has been given. Two thousand years ago, he's wanting nothing from you. God wants nothing from you. Well, brother, I've made my ministry on giving to the Lord, and I got to give, and you know, I got to do this myself. We build our identity on what we're doing instead of our identity around what He has done. And then, no wonder why we're frowny face bored and we give up and burnt out in Christian church, in, in, in life. <laughs> it's because there's no joy in doing yourself, doctrine. There's no life in it. <laughs> yeah. There's, there's life in the gospel. There's life in union. There's life in oneness. Do you see yourself as one? you you know? You know, C.S. Lewis said that the most sacred thing that will ever be presented to our senses in this life is our neighbor. Because within them is hidden the divine secret. God. God is the divine secret. See, so he said he walks around everywhere incognito. We're surrounded by a world full of immortals. We're surrounded by this world that was included in Christ 2,000 years ago, crucified on the cross, buried, and resurrected in him. We'll just reach out heaven and count Wanted to show up with angel wings and his tuxedo t shirt. Like if you want an encounter with Jesus, first look at the mirror, <laughs> second look at your neighbor, look at your husband, your wife, your children. <sighs> I mean, you have to see it like that, otherwise, we're discrediting the work of Christ. And well, it wasn't good enough, then we are not one in the scripture. Clearly says we're one. He made us one. When when did he make us one? When did that happen? (laughs) In our prayer closet. (laughs) When we worship, when we push, when we pull, and we fast. Is that where where we're made one? Or was it when he decided on his own accord to manifest when the word became flesh, when he betrothed himself to the human race by becoming one of us? (laughs) Oh, yeah. He flavored the whole human race with himself. Oh. It's like putting a dropper of himself in a, in a cup of water. Woo. The whole human race is flavored with himself. Awesome. He decided that. He decided that. Yes. Then we, we get a bit confused started thinking about our job in this Christian life, we must have a job, right? What's our job? What's our part? We must have this part. The part is to enjoy it. It was simple. Just enjoy it. And in that, that's for us. That's your destiny. Everything else will, will just fall into place. These guys are hammered, (laughs) bro. You guys feel free to just go nuts. You guys can laugh all you want. You can cardio, backflips. Just have fun, okay? Kids are a great barometer. we pick it up immediately because we're not sorting through years of theological bull. <laughs> they just feel it. They're like, yeah, this is fun. This must be Jesus. <laughs> While well, we're all like, what's going on here? I'm trying to listen. I can't hear what be steady. My notes are
1: scribbled. It's fucking this mess.
0: Jesus. Yes, you are. We thank you so much. Whoa, help us Lord. Help us. Just sometimes you can ask for help. Help us trust in this great, glorious gospel. Help us. We can't do it on our own. <laughs> we can't figure this thing out. Whoa! Shoot. Shoot. No, shot. That's the shop. <laughs> oh, that's the shoe. That's the shoe. That's the shoe. <laughs> so are we falling along? <laughs> We're all falling along this track. I know I'm a million places and a million miles an hour. But there's limited time. <laughs> I have to persuade you, quickly. See, that's what that's what the gospel is I'll tell you that it's a persuasion if we're called to preach the gospel if we're called to you know go to the nations whatever it is we're, what we're actually being called to is to persuade men that God loves them that, that God is for them that God was in Christ reconciling the whole world to himself and he's given us this ministry. I want ministry, brother, in this ministry. Serious, prophetic,
1: prophetic ministry.
0: God, our place is to persuade men. That they are what God has said so That he's, he's looked over there said, so you counting. He's not mean, Craziness. The craziness of Scripture. 2 Corinthians. He's not counting men's sins against them. That's crazy. <laughs> Why do we demand? It sounds like you know what that sounds like when we demand that God comes in judgment. It sounds like the the workers in the vineyard. It sounds like the workers or the field, whatever it was, when they came, they're working, they're really putting their all into it, and then these guys come at the last like last half hour, they get paid the same wage. No (laughs) fair. But you know You're envying. You're you're. You're almost uh, refusing or objecting to the generosity of God. It's because of His great kindness that He's looked over the world (laughs) sin. It's because of His great love. And if if your God isn't that kind or that loving, then I challenge you to find one that is. (laughs) Our God is kind. Our God is loving. What about the judgment? Jesus said, now is the judgment. <laughs> In the Scripture, he said, here it is. Now is the judgment on the tree of Calvary. Boom. There it was. He you know, didn't come to judge the human race. You understand that. Right? What he came to do was to judge and destroy sin. We get it all mixed up we think that God is this weird, like angry judge, who is so mad that everybody's sinning that he just needs to punish somebody. And so instead of punishing him, he sends his son, beats him up. That's what I call a weird father. The other kid did something wrong, so he beats this one up. It's called penal substitution. What was judged on the tree of Calvary was not human the he was, it's sin. God made him who did not see to become one with sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Amen. Yes, good news. Yes. So good. What was condemned on Calvary wasn't the human race. He wasn't punishing the human race. He was destroying sin, the sin that beset us. Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the...
1: And
0: you see, you have this crazy, crazy idea of this judgmental father. You think that God is a judge. (laughs) I love the Jewish idea of judgment because it's completely different. If you look at the Psalms, their idea of judgment is radical. They're begging to get in court with the Lord because they want their case to be heard because they know that they're justified. They know that they're in the right. And what they're wanting is not to be, you know, tried as a criminal. It's a civil case. They want all their land, all their money, all their jewels, all everything back. That's what they want back. Put my, please, Lord, hear my case because I want all my stuff back. That's the truth. It's not a criminal case. You understand? God is not judging you as a criminal. He's for you. He's <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. As would explode and say and scream at the top of my lungs, He is for us. Oh, yes.
1: <laughs> yeah. 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 Yes, is. Yes.
0: You're not being tried as a criminal. Yeah. <laughs> you, understand? you understand? Have you seen that in the songs? They're begging for the judgment of the Lord. Judge us, Lord. <laughs> like almost pridefully saying, Judge us, we know we're right homeboy <laughs> because because their idea of judgment it's a different court it's a whole wholly different court it's not a criminal court it's a civil court they want that stuff they want the blessing that they know should be theirs and come to them. and I love that I think we should use a little bit of that in the New Testament a little bit of that Jewish idea of judgment where we know we're convinced We're confident that we are justified, that we are one, that we are without blame, without spot, without blemish, without wrinkle, that we are unified with God Almighty, lacking nothing. Perfect. (laughs) Perfection. Are you preaching the gospel of perfection? Of course. Are you preaching? This sounds like the prosperity gospel. Yeah, I know. Imagine that. God wants you to prosper. Oh. We got an autocaddle. That's a heresy. Come on. (laughs) (laughs) Perfection. Perfection. The word perfection. Perfect in English. Lacking nothing from your design. Lacking nothing from the purpose of your design. (laughs) doesn't mean you're not growing of course of course you're growing of course you're 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 learning (laughs) a tree is still a tree even though it's a sapling it's still a tree it is what it is you are still in the image and in the likeness of God even in your most unlearned state (laughs) are you with me yes we grow but see that's where we get confused I'm perfect when we get this weird prideful idea You know, there's multiple ends of the spectrum. One is that we're afraid of perfection. The other is that we're prideful about our perfection. (laughs) We're perfect because he's perfect. We're perfect because we're connected with perfection. Not based on our efforts, not based on our works, or our performance, or our prayers, or our fasting, but based on Jesus and what he's accomplished for us. I am one with the perfection of God. You were one with the perfection of God. You were one with Him. You're sharing, you're partaker of His nature. <laughs> it's so good. Everything that stood against you and Him having this perfect relationship was destroyed on the power. Everything, the separation was just annihilated. The enemy in our life, as the Apostle Paul calls it, the enemies in our life were just destroyed. <laughs> It's pretty cool.
1: Amen.
0: When you find that, when you agree with that, and you just trust in that, it all starts manifesting. It starts just flowing effortlessly. No more striving to love people. You just do it. It's like natural. You love other people. (laughs) No more striving to be happy i working on the fruit of the Spirit. What fruit do you want this month? Patience. <laughs> <laughs> Whose fruit is it again? I forget. The fruit of the... Ah! Who's it? Who it again? Whose is it? Oh! You mean it's not ours. Aha! The, ba- the Amplified Bible says the fruit which is presents accomplishes within us. It is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, defense, self-control. Do you see? It's the work which his presence accomplishes. You can chalk any accomplishment that you've ever had, any breakthrough you've ever had to Jesus. To His presence inside of you. To Him being one with you. To Him being a breakthrough. Oh man, I did a series of 40-day fasts and I really pressed hard for this moment. Well, You may have. Um, you probably lost a few pounds. You know, I, I used to I did this uh, really crazy Bible school, right? We call it law school. <laughs> and I went to law school and I, found, I used to wake up so early in the morning and press and pray and fast. I fasted so much one time that I walked in my car with my, with my beautiful wife Stephanie. We get into the car and i just turn the car and start driving. I'm like wow, this is cool. You so am fasting, whatever. I don't know what I'm thinking. And then about 10 minutes later, Stephanie looks at me and says, "Hey Ben, you gonna turn the car on or what?" I was so in out of my mind. I was hallucinating. You think that I was driving. Because I haven't eaten in so long. Shock. Breathe. It's a So, there are many times in the scriptures where, you know, they what about the disciples? They fast and pray. Of course. They also cast lots. The little dice and just, come on, big money, big money, big money. It's like, the point is not doing something. The point is asking for help. Realizing that you can't do this on your own. You need help. Yeah. Help me, Lord. <laughs> Can you do the same thing at the dinner table with your family? That's my question. Can you actually spend time with your, instead of a prayer closet, what about just realizing that when you talk with your wife, you're talking with Jesus. Oh. That you are actually communicating with the Lord. Yeah. Yeah. Otherwise, we're discrediting her union with yeah. with him. When you're talking with your children, you're actually encountering the Lord himself. Yeah. Yeah. And this is this is how it's supposed to be. This community, this family, us seeing Jesus in each other, just making it so real to us. Yeah. Yeah. Lacking nothing, not having this lack mentality where unless we go. Often do something, then we're not spending time with Him. Yeah. I'm in the presence of the Lord right now. Look, Jesus is looking at me, Hold whole bunch of Jesuses. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we get this list right. So, first comes the Lord, then my wife, then my ministry, then my dog, then my cat, my jerk, my rat, my pigeon and whatever. Bicycle. we just started listing all these things in priority instead of seeing all of these things as expressions of our life in him realizing that everything we do riding my little bicycle I'm just with Jesus like just (laughs) so okay I did have a little spill just the other day but I'm okay um <laughs> <laughs> this, his name is Emmanuel. Wow. <laughs> Emmanuel. <Jesus. laughs> so Yeah. I'm excited. Can I keep going? I'm on a roll. Mm-hmm. I'll bring a little of America here. Just go, "Mm -hmm." (laughs) mmm. Do it, it. pick up your right hand, and shake it, go, (laughs) mmm. (laughs) Good (laughs) job. That was it for them. I dipped. I dipped.
1: <laughs>
0: so if you, if you notice, that's why I've been in the middle most of the time. Cause it's like where I can hear. Um, yes. It's so much fun. So we have these ideas of you know fasting for bread, through like, these ascetic practices that denying our body is something that it needs, and thinking that that's making us more spiritual. And uh, we have all these wonderful examples in scripture. Well, Jesus fasted. Well, first of all, we have to realize that Jesus is not just our example, but he's our substitute. That he did many things that he's actually telling you that you cannot do. Like, die on a cross. He's not asking you to do the same. He's not saying, okay, now you go die for the same time. Yay! He's not saying, you know, what about the scripture? What about the scripture, brother? Okay. Carry your cross. Well, let me ask, whose cross was Jesus carrying? Was it his own cross? Or was he carrying my cross? Are you telling me? I don't know who's, maybe he was he was a criminal. His, he, he was punished for his own crimes. Is that what it was? Yeah. So whose cross was he carrying? My. my cross. And so what did he say? My yoke is easy. So he's the one that's telling us this whole reality. My yoke is easy, my burden is light. Yeah. Trade me. He says, trade me. If you're heavy, if you're you know burdened down, trade, Get, let me take your yoke, and you can have mine. See, that's the divine switch. That is the substitute. Now, what we've done is we've chalked Jesus up to just being our example. So what we have to do is just follow him, do miracles, bring heaven to earth, and yee we're Christians. And that's not the reality of the situation. The reality of the situation is that he's our substitute, and we're not following him. He's inside of us, and he's, he's, he's like moving through our lives as us, for us, in us, with us, <laughs> not, not separate from us. Woo! It's not separate! Religion wants to constantly drill this into our minds. here you are, beautiful you, and God far, far away. But it doesn't just leave you there. Religion doesn't just leave you there. It says, okay, don't you want to be with God? And of course your desire is yes. Of course I want to be with God. Okay, here's my steps. Here's my process. Here's my, here's an apple. (laughs) Eat of the tree of knowledge of good and evil. Don't you want to be like God? Back to Genesis chapter Uh, one. Once we said, made in the image of God. The temptation comes. If you eat, if you do, if you eat of this tree of knowledge of good and evil, then you'll be like God. Hold on a second. They were already like him. So that's the temptation. Distrust in what you already made. And then this crazy idea just locks itself into the human psyche that we are. Fallen, that we're, we should be ashamed of ourselves, that we're naked and we're hiding. Remember, it wasn't God. Okay, I'm, I'm just like quoting scriptures like that and telling stories. Okay, Genesis, He creates heaven and earth, he. he creates the human race in His image. He says, Don't eat this tree. They do their trick, whatever you want to call it, serpent, serpent uh, tempts them. They fall for it, they fall for this idea that they're lacking. And the moment that they trusted in something else other than God himself, even though it was a good thing, they became an idol. you understand that? Does that make sense to you? I'll say it again. The moment that they trusted in something else, even a good thing, even a godly thing, other than God himself, they trusted that to be their godliness. It was an idol. Yeah. So they ate of the tree, boom, fell. Was the tree bad? Was that tree? No, it was just one for them to eat. Is that true? Okay. So... They fall, and this crazy thing happens. a week. we have this huge image in our minds you know, thunderstorms and lightning, and, and just tornadoes, and hurricanes, and gnats, and flies, and whatever. I don't know, just crazy stuff. Ah, earthquakes. You know, everybody's freaking out. The fall of man. Ah, the sky turns black. You know, we get these crazy ideas. But the scripture says, that Adam heard the sound of the Lord walking in the garden. And I looked it up. He heard the sound of the Lord, the sound of the Lord being singing. He heard the Lord singing in the garden. What does The fall of man is happening. Earthquakes, tornadoes, demons, you know, all this crazy stuff. And God is just chill. Ooh. Sing in the garden. Relax. Why? Because it was fixed before it was broken. Because they were in before they were out, they were one before they were separate. Before they were in Adam, they were in Yeshua. They were in the land of God who was slain before the foundations of the earth, the foundation of the world.
1: That's That's and he said, Lord, Did you see. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> we heard the sound of then, but
0: he was afraid. And immediately, we get these ideas. We have to fear. Why would why we have to fear of God? If you observe yourself and you observe fear of the Lord, it's, it's not of Him. <laughs> what is What about the scripture? The fear of the Lord is giving you wisdom. The awe, the majesty, the intensity of God, the realization that He carries in Himself a billion, gazillion bolts of pleasure. He can just zap you at any moment, yeah. like Enoch. <laughs> and it's one too many drinks. He's
1: gone.
0: <laughs> it's not phobos. You understand? Greek word phobos, fear. You have a phobia of God. That's so where we get our transliterated English word phobia. Whoa! It's so scary, isn't it? So scary. Tip, if you were to stand up boldly, right, get on your chair. I'm not afraid of God. You almost like think that's sacrilegious or something, but in fact that's what he's asking you to do. Oh, to be bold as a son, as a daughter. He hasn't given you. So if he hasn't given you a spirit of fear, then I don't know who the hell, 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 hell. You better not talk about it.
1: It's custom up to mention. <laughs>
0: <laughs> he's afraid was God was God. I mean, look at the image of God. He's so mad. Whoa, he fell. Adam, where are you? Why are you hiding from me? I hid from you, Lord, because we were naked. And I was afraid. Who told you, what you mean naked? What is naked? you what's no supposed to know lack. What is lack? What is naked? What is shame? Immediately we get these ideas in our psyche that, number one, we should be afraid of God because... Number two, that we are lacking something, that we're not ready, that, that we're not worthy to be in His presence. Yeah. And throughout a human story, He's constantly correcting these ideas every time He shows up. What does he, what does he say? What does He say? What does God say when He shows up? Don't be afraid. Every time He shows up, first thing He says, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Just throughout history, Preaching the gospel to us. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. <laughs> we get in the New Testament. The Apostle Paul writes, We haven't got a spirit of fear, but of boldness. And the bliss of which we cry, Abba. We're adopted. He's adopted. He's taken us in. He's received us. See us, that's the weight of glory. If you want to dip in the glory, really, if you really want to dip in the glory, <laughs> give us some of that glory in Jesus. You really want to get some of that. You have to get the realization that you've been taken into the Trinity. That you've been received into the Godhead. Not merely put up with. But actually, yes, listen, you're an ingredient in the divine happiness. Crazy. You're an ingredient in the divine happiness. You make him happy. When he looks at you, he doesn't see this shameful, broken, tattered rags of a life. He sees wholeness. He sees fullness. He sees life. He sees himself. He sees what he paid for. He sees the reward. You're the reward. For the suffering. Amen. Hammer gun. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Jesus. So he hasn't given us a spirit of fear, right? He's given us a spirit of boldness. Boldness and sunshine. Are we sons or are we slaves? I just want to know. I'm trying to figure it out. I'm trying to figure out what, what, this, you know, what church is all about. Is it a bunch of slaves trying to get together and begging God to come? Orphans? begging for his presence or are we sons and daughters celebrating his presence? Yeah. Oh. Celebrating this life that he has in me and the life that he has in you and letting it grow and just you know, live in us. Ah, it's real. It's genuine. That's genuine Christianity. Woo. Yeah. Singing spiritual hymns to one another. <laughs> wow. That's kind of crazy. You know, I can't... I I can worship as well by serenading a person? Yeah!
1: Wow! Isn't that
0: intense? You know what's what's also intense is who God himself chooses to show that he's united with in the scriptures. He says when you visit the criminal in prison, you're visiting me. That's so weird. When you visit the poor, when you give a cup of water to the least of these, you've given it to me. He's united himself with the poorest He shows, he says, if you want to find me, go hang out with the slums, go to the <laughs> You want to hang out with me? That's where I'll be. That's where i am hanging out, that's where I want to be. The, I want to be with them, I want to celebrate life with them. I want to give them the joy, of the celebration, and lift them from the garbage dumps and seat them among the princes, even the princes of his own people. Come on, my man. Sure. Yeah. That's that shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He unites himself with a, with a person in prison. What is Jesus doing in prison? That's what I want to know. Why is he uniting himself with that person? He, sh- he says, you visit them, you visit me. <laughs> it's wild. Isn't it crazy? It's yeah. a little so crazy. crazy man so that's what the, you know, the gospel is all about is genuine life. fearless life trusting that we are who it says we are <laughs> and then I read in 1st John this takes a kick. this is the shampoo, right? 1st John there is no fear in love we think Fear the Lord because that's if this grace thing doesn't work out. I got this fear tethering me to him. Plan B, fear the Lord. It's it's holding you from your destiny, it's keeping you from the fullness, it's keeping you from trusting in in this amazing, glorious gospel of this fearless God. Ah! There is no fear in love because perfect love has cast. Fear. Where do we see the divine revelation of perfect love? Where do we see it? Where do we get the glimpse? It's in Christ. In Christ, when He was crucified, when He was buried, when He was resurrected, He cast all the fear out of us. He cast it all away from us and buried it. Woo! Woo! And then it goes on. This is the Amplified Bible. I'm just quoting to you. <laughs> he says with fear comes the idea of punishment. So those who are still afraid have not seen love's full perfection. Wow! Right? Are we expecting spankings from God or hugs and kisses? Which one? (laughs) You know what I mean? We're expecting... We have to just eliminate that mindset. Like, what's happening right now is, is the renewing of your mind. It's yes. The anachronism, the, kind of, the kind of this renewness, just like you know in the scriptures where it says the, the renewing of your mind, we almost, again, make that a work of ourselves. Oh, we have to renew our mind. It's like the more we read, the more we're gonna know, and the more our minds gonna be renewed. That's not the case. We have the mind of Christ. That's what the scripture says. We have it! We have the mind of Christ. And when it says the mind is being renewed, it's like a spring of water where there's never old. It's all, every thought that's coming out of your mind is newness, newness, newness. It's not going from old to new. It's going from new to new. It's going from glory to glory. Not no glory to glory. You understand? Not from sinful to whole. Not from unholy to holy. It's going from holy to holy to holy glory to glory to glory from joy to joy to joy understand that's the renewing of the mind it's showing up Christ is already there <laughs> Woo! it's the revealing of Christ in you oh I didn't want to hear that cover cool oh this was good oh, good Those who are still afraid have not seen most of the perfection. ends right here. But we love him because he first loved us. He's the Alpha and the Omega. He's the beginning and the end. He's the initiator. He's, he's the one that's thought of this amazing divine plan to rescue the human race from sinfulness, disease, depression. And that's exactly what he's done. He's rescued us. And now he's working it through us. This is the joyful part. This is the cool part. Now he's working it out through us. He's he's giving it away to our communities. You know what Jesus said? When he walked through every village, he said, behold, the kingdom of heaven has come upon you. Now the kingdom of heaven is coming. It's almost here. He says, here it is. kingdom of heaven has come upon you. Why? Because Jesus was saying that he is the kingdom of heaven. So what we're doing right now is just by being here, we're we're releasing the kingdom of heaven. We're just, we're showing up, we're showing up reality. Now, we've quit talking about revival and renewal. We're supposed to revival! Mm -hmm. He's not interested in revival. He's interested in you trusting reality. <laughs> reality, the reality of the situation. Have you ever thought past the stadium? What happens then? What happens after the angels spray everybody with gold dust and diamonds? Where do we go from there? You understand? See, our limited understanding of revival is in a stadium. Everybody's worshiping. Maybe you're levitating or something. There's an angel. Healing, signs, wonders, but what happens after that? That's what I want to know. You want to know what happens after that? Reality. <laughs> <laughs> Families enjoying each husbands and wives in you know? love. Yeah. Children growing up, trusting God, not lacking, poverty being destroyed in one generation. Come on. Bob can believe that. I can believe that. <laughs> You think it's a, it's this crazy dream, of poverty being the start of one generation, right? You know that there's more than enough food in this world to feed everybody, uh, you know, over and over and multiple times. So there is a, there's something wrong with the system here. There's more than enough for everybody, not just. This communal living where everybody's working their jobs and we just have enough to straight by There's more than enough. God has provided more than enough for everybody to be satisfied with more than enough, with abundance. And that's this gospel. That is the gospel. The gospel of abundance, of the more than enough, the out-of-all-proportion solution. <laughs> the out-of-all-proportion solution. It's not coming, my (laughs) friends. It's here. It's right here. His name is Jesus. His name is Yeshua. His name is salvation. He is salvation. He is reality. He is revival. He is heaven. He is prosperity. He is provision. (laughs) Ah, He is our righteousness. He is our holiness. He is our perfection. He is our joy. We have nothing apart from him. With Him, we have everything. Yes. yes. Amen. <laughs> yes.
1: Amen. That's so good.
0: Uh. I'm thinking I should pause here. Ooh. And we can resume Yay. tomorrow. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> because i pushed myself into a very comatose state. <laughs> <laughs> and I have jet lag, so. <laughs> Why don't you lift your hands? Lord, I thank you for your precious people. (laughs) I pray that you would just open our eyes and our hearts and our understanding to trust in this glorious gospel. Just settle the questions. Settle the fears that we have. Just annihilate them. Wipe our tears away. The joy of the Lord be our stronghold. Be our strength and portion of life. let it manifest in us. Let it explode in us. Let it explode in your people. Joy, unspeakable, and full of your glory. Okay, I want you to do something. I want you to go and, and pray for the people. It's gonna be fun. Come on with me. Come to me. Don't be afraid. Come, come on. Here, come to me. It's okay. Come come come. Just put your hands on her. Lord, thank you for your presence. And, and you don't have to stop laughing. You can have fun. There you go. Good, good boy. Come on, come, come on. You're a team. You're a team. Okay, there you go. Lord, we thank you for your precious people. Give, give her a little happy juice.
1: Come on, buddy. come on,
0: come on. Come on. Lord. thank you, Lord, so much. For your presence. Yeah, buddy. Just give it away. You got it. Mm-hmm. Boy, thank you. Good goodness. You can just go around and just make everybody happy, okay? That's your job. So, Lord, thank you. Everyone say, thank you, Jesus. Yeah. Thank you, Lord. For your presence. your Good goodness. You're a Amen. Hey. I want to thank these guys, they're awesome, I know, uh, this place is cool, Amen. such is a rad community, uh, got to hang out with these guys and feel the vision and it's so cool, It's for me it's genuine Christianity and I want to honor that, I want to honor this place and um, I'm just excited, see what's gonna happen. We're starting at 10 tomorrow, so come, if you want to come for a coffee, uh, the biscuit mall will be there at espresso lab. Um, before then, otherwise see you at ten. And there will be lunch. There will be lunch break, and the suggestion is that people walk down to the biscuit mall and have some food. It's,
1: it's an easy option.
0: Otherwise, there's great, it's great food in the area. We can just tell in like So we we'll see you at ten in the morning. <laughs>
1: It's in your name, Tom. Fuzzy No, it's great. Awesome. Thank you, We, um...